The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome back to Talk of the Tune, a Newcastle United podcast. My name is Will, and as usual, I'm joined by my good pals and co-hosts, Hodgie and Grey. Yeah, right, lads? I'm good, but how's Hodgie doing? I'm as rough as 40 grit sandpaper. Right, one. <laughs> welcome to the Working Man's Club, where we just smoke and drink VKs all night. Today we're joined by Sean Dyche. Hodgie's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. been gargling gravel, I'll need... Yeah, you had quite an eventful night, didn't you? Um, With our good pal Ryan. Friend of the show. Where'd you end up? <laughs> at Gray's on, uh, not Gray's place. It'd be good if it was Gray's place. I wouldn't have paid for a drink. I was going to say, she, she should have told me if you were here. <laughs> Sneaked into Gray's house and had to help myself with a bottle of whiskey by the sounds of it. In town, you're at Gray's. And tell the listeners what you were drinking as a 31-year-old man. They've got a new flavour of VK called Ice. And <laughs> it was, is that it not was... just like a Smirnoff Ice? <laughs> I think it is. I went up to the bar and went, can I have two pints, please? And he went, VK is a three for six pound. I went, I'll have 12. <laughs> <laughs> so what time did you get in, Hodgie? Gone to bed at five o'clock in the morning. Got home at 4.40. Canal. Mine, no kebab neither. Don't know what the fuck I did. No food? And that's why I feel so goddamn awful Ruby. this morning. <laughs> yeah, because a kebab would have helped, definitely. Yeah, yeah. so kebab. <laughs> Great, as far as you're aware, there's only one five o'clock in the day, isn't there? Yeah. Clocking off time. Those days are long gone for you. Oh, yeah, I can't cuss it anymore. Could you ever? just given up on me. <laughs> yeah, back in the day, you know, I could handle it, but I could never handle the morning after. <laughs> yeah, that was it. <laughs> the number of times on that hungover drive to McDonald's <laughs> to go and be sick in the car park. <laughs> in the drive through never mind the car park. Yeah, there was one event in the drive through where I had to run. <laughs> I actually had to bail from the car and run. <laughs> I completely forgot about that. Oh, God. We'll never let you forget. Don't worry. Fucking my night pales in comparison. I just went out for a few drinks with new co-host Ali and, and Cunny as well. Cunny and new co-host, is he? Fuck no. I've, that was a very clear <laughs> distinction in what I said there. <laughs> Although Cunny did actually listen to one the other day because he heard he was mentioned in one. So he felt obliged to. I told him, I was like, you'd be mentioned on your fantasy football being a rain man. He was like, I'll listen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, got to get those listens. Speaking of listens... You can find our podcast on all major podcasting platforms, so Acast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We would really appreciate it if you could give us a listen and a five-star rating or review if you're feeling super generous. Got some good numbers on the last podcast. That's obviously the power of the season starting. But unfortunately, we have quite a somber start to this podcast because we are talking about the result yesterday against Manchester City. 
We played the reigning Champions League, Premier League and FA Cup winners, holders, whatever you'd call them. And we succumbed to a 1-0 loss. I think hopes were very high, expectations were high following the 5-1 opening day thrashing of Villa. But we were very much brought back down to earth, weren't we, Gray? We were, although I thought we played very well. I think City were just on a high from last season. And I think being the first game back at the Etihad after winning the treble last year and obviously all the that massive pitch flag and all the fireworks and removed probably put them in really, really good spirits to, to mm. turn it on yesterday, which I think some of us may have been underestimating. I, for one, was super confident that we could go and maybe pinch a result. And What did you go for on your prediction? 3-1. Yeah, it was you, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hodgie, did you go 1 1? Yeah, I said 1 1. I said 2 2. I also backed £7 on 3 0, which was a big mistake, but let's uh, <laughs> gloss over that. Ali managed to get the right result, but he didn't put any coin on it, so that'll teach you, Alistair. I think we should make him pay whatever his winnings would have been into the kitty. Yeah. I think so. For when we finally have beers. The TOT Christmas party mm. that Hodgie says he won't drink until. Good luck with that, lad. It's fucking 20th of October. <laughs> October? It's 20th of August. Fuck's sake. I'm in a time loop. Fuck me. Doing well this morning, aren't we? <laughs> oh, we, we are not doing well. Uh, right. So City yesterday, obviously, I think hopes were buoyed a little bit, as Grace says, but also they're missing a few key players. John Stones, Bernardo Silva, Kevin De Bruyne, and we played an unchanged team. I mean, Hodge... Missing a few big names as well, like all the players they lost last season, Gundogan, Riyad Mahrez. Were you kind of a bit hopeful that we would be coming up against a weakened team? I think everyone who has always been like, ah, oh, well, what a time to play him. Second game of the season, they might not have found their mojo in with players missing. He'd have thought it would have been a bit of a shoo-in for us to maybe grab a point, but the city is city. They've got a full 11 just in reserves, waiting to fucking play. And with... Players that they have, like Foden, was class. Grealish, obviously, always going to be dangerous. Walker was class. Like, it's a really hard one to go there and try and take points. I mean, what was it? We haven't won there in, like, what, 15 years or something. And I felt positive going at the game. I thought we might be able to steal something, but the way that they kind of played and just dominated that kind of possession and how they do, oh man, I don't think we really could have gotten here. They just seemed a bit more, not clinical, because I don't, I, I don't really think they had the best of chances. We missed a couple of easy ones where you could have probably thought, mm. at least at the target, but the way that they just play is a little bit just different. You know, when you're at school, there's always a kid. He's done his GCSEs when he was 10. This seems like a Man City team. Like, they do things better than what everyone else does, and if they slip up, yeah. it's a big slip up, and we're aspiring to be there, and we're, we're getting there, and we have a plan. They just have that little extra little edge and we'll probably get to it. But what a strike by Alvarez. Didn't even look at the goal and just pinged it. Ridiculous goal. I was in the pub with the two of them yesterday and one of us had literally said, fucking God, Alvarez has done nothing in this game. I've hardly seen him. Fucking within a minute, he's pinged up and scored what turned out to be the winning goal. So what you're saying is it was all your fault that they scored? I didn't say it. It wasn't me. (laughs) But I'm also not, I'm not a grass. (laughs) Is that our new co-host by any chance? Couldn't possibly say I'm not a grass like you, Gray. Do you have a point, Gray? So yeah, I just wanted to mention that Eddie Howe mentioned uh, during the week how he wanted us to play football, which is imprinted on other teams. But City just didn't let us do anything in that first half. They didn't really let us build any momentum, didn't let us get in the game because they were just pressed so high. Yeah, And I was a little bit shocked to see us actually have 40% possession because every time I was watching, it felt like Man City were in our half with the ball. And although they didn't really do a huge amount with it at times, they just didn't give us the chance to play our football. 
and it just shows a golfing class. And I mean, a couple of years ago, I've taken 1-0 away at City any day. So like you say, Foden, this was unreal on the day. Yeah, he always likes to have a good game against us, doesn't he? Young Philip Foden. It was difficult and they are relentless. But I think also like the style of football we play, after about 60 minutes, you could just tell that both teams are absolutely blowing. But obviously they, they saw it out in the end. I think we had a few chances in the second half. I almost, with hindsight, as my Bezzy made, would have preferred to have seen Callum Wilson start over Isaac because I think he would have got up in that Akanji and Diaz's faces a little bit more and been able to hold up the ball a little more. thought Isaac was a totally isolated figure and holding up the ball isn't a strong point of his, which is something I think we could have benefited from in that game. I think when Wilson came on, he looked good. Also, he likes playing against City. He usually pops up with a few goals. It's probably a, bit, a little bit controversial, I guess, but I'd have started Isaac on the right and I wouldn't have started Miggy. I think against teams Shock. like Man... Well, <laughs> Podgy hates Miggy. Shock. Yeah, but you were shit though, because if you're playing against a team like Man City, you have to have someone who has two feet. And Miggy, yeah. with his, his best left foot, is not going to turn heads against City. I mean, I agree. He didn't have the best game. Yeah. And I, I just I just think, is it bad that we haven't really strengthened that right-hand side? Because, I mean, we've got that. We've got Miggy or we've got Murphy. Murphy more of a defensive person rather than an attacking kind of threat. but. I just thought Miggy didn't really offer enough. And like I say, you have to have two feet against City. You can't run at the byline and cut in. You have to take a chance and run at the byline and cross with a weaker foot or give a bit of yeah. a go in at the box. Like it's it's more of a necessity than it is like, oh, cut back in and, and do his thing. But nah, it, it, I just think having Isaac playing on that right-hand side would have give way more of a threat to, say, Callum Wilson in the middle if you've got a couple of balls in because that's what Callum Wilson loves to do. He loves to jump in on uh, loose balls and I think there could have been a couple of times where he would have thrived, especially in the first half and then early in the second half where there was a couple of balls in where you go, yeah, could have been different personally for me. I think I agree. Yeah, he didn't have the best game at all, but I think a few of our players were off the pace a little Mm. bit. Unfortunately, Bruno for me was one of them. Obviously, as well, after such a stonking debut, Sandro was kind of nullified quite a bit. In terms of good performers, though, I think Sven Botman and Fabian Scher, Sven Botman in particular, were both fantastic yesterday. Yes, we lost 1-0, but the two of them completely nullified Erling Haaland. Yeah. Like, he had a few chances on goal, yeah, he came close a couple of times, but he didn't score. And I think Botman versus Haaland was like, I would have paid just to see that battle itself. It was really good battle between the two of them, and, and Sven Botman has definitely won that for me. We managed to keep the most dangerous striker in the world fairly quiet so it's just kind of testament to our defensive unit i think the only problem was as soon as you start to progress the ball up the pitch and try and catch them on the break you know pep guardiola has got it ingrained into these players that they've got to win the ball back within x amount of seconds i think gray you've mentioned that before but there's just no chance it seemed like every second ball they were getting to first you know they were sharper they were quicker they've got like three men on isaac like bullying him getting the ball off and then they're progressing it up the pitch so yeah, I think we did well defensively as a defensive unit. I thought Dan Byrne actually had a good game as well and Trippier as well. So the, the whole back four had a good game, apart from maybe the goal where I think there's potential to say that, you know, how has Julian Alvarez managed to find himself in that much space in the box with no one closing him down? For me, that's not great. Gray? Yeah, I just wanted to touch on how well we defended against Haaland. It's probably one of the first games I've ever watched where he just didn't look comfortable. 
and we got him shooting from distance. We got him shooting in really random places and he just couldn't connect with it. And yeah, he may have come very close a couple of times, but I'd much prefer him to see him fluffing shots like that from 18 yards out than when he's usually poaching from about 12 yards out and he just seems to find the net every time. So I think, yeah, we defended incredibly well. All four of our defense had a, had a really, really good game. But like I say, I, I think maybe their goal was just very good football from them. I think Foden did really well to unlock our midfield and just drive forward with that space. And then Alvarez, I mean, he's a quality player and I'm actually quite pleased in a weird way that Guardiola has managed to get him playing alongside Haaland because, I mean, they're just two world-class players and it's just great to watch. I mean, not great to watch against your own team, but I mean, they're going to score some some serious goals this year. And yeah. I think, yeah, you've got to give a bit of credit rights due to them. Yes, we may have been able to defend a bit better. And again, maybe having some legs like Longstaff or, I mean, may have missed Willock in the midfield. Maybe they would have been back there helping to cover a little bit more, especially after losing the ball in our own half again. I think teething problems and like I say, I think I felt our midfield were off the boil a little bit and probably getting a bit frustrated that they couldn't quite get the grip of the game, which they, they did so well last week. Mm. Go on, Hodge, jump in, lad. I think this game had the earmarks of being like an absolute classic and a 1-0 result didn't really fill people's expectations. I think people were thinking of a 3-2 thriller or something of, of that kind of type, but I, I don't think both teams are firing. I think that's not because of people played bad. I think it's because we have two really good teams. And when, when games finish 1-0 like it did and there's there's one outstanding bit of play that really determines the result, did we play bad? I, I don't think we played bad. I just think the way that the game ruled out, intensity was there. Could we have done potentially better? A little bit. But I think it's just when, when you've got two teams who like their press and just the, the way that we play was probably a detriment to how the actual game turned out. I don't know about you guys, but I thought... I was thinking more of a El Clasico style type of football where I was thinking, holy shit, this could be the most exhausting game to watch, but it just seemed quite like subdued. I don't know about you guys. Like, Well, for me, it's just a testament to both teams actually being very, very good sides, well-organised, and mm. it had that scrappiness to it, but that felt a lot more probably tactical than, say, like you say, El Clasico, where you've got two really free-flowing teams who probably aren't as well drilled defensively mm. and just playing lots of exciting football where I felt we were breaking the city play down really well and they did exactly the same to us whenever we got the ball within about 10 yards of the halfway line I mean typical city if they don't win it back they're going to bring you down yeah it felt scrappy but that probably isn't a bad thing I think it actually shows probably how far we've come because I mean a couple of years ago you could have seen city just getting hold of that game and playing some some class football. <laughs> oh, it's totally different to what we've seen in the past where it's been like mm. 11 in our own half is what we've seen in the past, which I think, like you say, like it's a testament to the both teams, but how far we've kind of come. But at the same time, it was a bit like a, oh, it could have been so different this game. You know what I mean? That's that's where I'm at. I'm a bit like, am I pleased with the result? Well, obviously not going to be if we lose, but it could have been one hell of a game. That. That's where I'm kind of going. Like, was it entertaining enough for us? As a, as a fan, I don't know about you guys, but I just didn't think it lived up to where it was. That's where I'm kind of where I'm at. Yeah, I agree. And I'm just reading on Sky Sports now, like fucking, it just says special Alvarez strike clinches win over tepid Newcastle, which I think pretty much sums up the game in one sentence, doesn't it? Like 
it was quite exciting maybe from a, an outsider's point of view because I think we play very similar football, City and Newcastle. Like It's that high line, high intensity, try and win the ball back. It's just they seem to have refined their craft a little more than we have. And let's remind ourselves they are treble winners. Like They're the best team in the world at the minute, even with those key people missing. Someone like Rodri is the best number six in the world. Absolutely unbelievable player, but I don't want to make excuses. I don't want to say, oh, you know, they were so great, la 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 la. I think we were off the pace a little bit, and I can't really necessarily put a finger on why that would be, given we've come off the back of a great result against Villa with an unchanged team. The thing is, though, like what annoys me about the city is they're pretty clinical. They're quite clean, yeah. And it's it's seen even in the stadium. Like the yes, they had a flag display. It was a big flag display, but no one got behind it. When they scored in the pan of the crowd, there was no limbs. It was like a, wee. The empty head. Like, it's really, I just don't know what to think about City. Like, if we had the success that they've had, it wouldn't have just been a flag display. It would have been the whole stadium. I mean, last game, every single stand had a flag display. And they, they're like, oh, wee, we won the treble. And you're like, yeah come on, you've won the fucking treble and you're celebrating it. Like, have have something about it. Like, it, the, the whole club, to me, just, it's it's a bit like Dubai. It's a really posh, luxurious place, but it, everything seems false. And it's the same with the fans, like, it, it, the empty hard. Like, come on, man, you've, ju- you've just won a game. One of your players has just scored a worldy goal and everyone's like, hey, it's, uh, get amongst it. Like, I, I just can't, like, I'm happy that they set you win the, the league last year. Just because I know too many Arsenal fans, I don't know many City fans. Is there, is there any City fans out there? It uh, really pisses me off that they're so quiet and so subdued as fans when we give all the passion and stuff. I just didn't. I don't. I don't get them. <laughs> I shouldn't be this wound up about losing one nil to a really good team, but it's just come on, man. Like show some support, show some enthusiasm. It was just so. It's such a dead club, and it really like. I think what you just said there just hits me on the head. A really good team, not a really good club. Yeah. And I feel on the other side, we are a really, really good club. Probably the best club in England. I mean, we are super biased. But <laughs> I mean, everyone says we've got some of the best fans in the world. Like everyone who comes here, they're just in awe of the club and our fans. Well, we are building that really, really strong team and we're not far away. And I think we could just be a completely different beast. To yeah, City. I mean, we'd probably be on a par with some of the teams in, in Europe. I mean, some of the fans in Europe are nuts. And yeah, I mean, the atmosphere at our place hopefully is comparable to, to some of the other clubs around the world. Do you feel better now? Hodge, do you feel better now? A little bit, yeah. After a little hungover round? Perk, you know. Okay, yeah. Some life in the old dog yet, isn't there? <laughs> I suppose VK's talking, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll be seeing those again at some point today. It was, uh, yeah, disappointing. Bit of a damp squib. I would say that match ended up being, but you know that as we say, there are positives to take from the game. Defensive unit looking really strong. Nick Pope making saves when he needed to, although he's still very dodgy distributor with his feet. I found yesterday. I never really trust that lad when the ball's at his feet. And then you've got Edison at the end, who's like on the flip side is one of the best distributors of the ball in the league. In terms of midfield unit, I say Bruno just wasn't at the races yesterday for me Sandro not there either and Joe Linton kind of hobbled off with what seemed like quite a light injury Gordon I thought Gordon was bright again yesterday 
made a few dangerous runs. Uh, I think at points was maybe lucky to stay on the pitch as well. A few tasty tackles in there, already got himself a yellow card and, you know, there were 50-50 chances, but we've seen with people like the Alexis McAllister red card yesterday, like they can be quite soft. So I think he was quite lucky to stay on. Harvey Barnes, ooh, he came on yesterday, <laughs> didn't look that dangerous. And then Isaac was a, a very lonely character. I did think when Elliot Anderson came on, he looked really bright, which is really promising to see. The, the lad just seems to have absolutely no fear whatsoever. Mm. Like he made a few really, really dangerous runs and put the ball into the box a few times on that left-hand side. And I love that. He's 20 years old and he's just playing against the champions of Europe as if they're just any other team. So I think for him to be able to come off the bench and Joe Willock, whose birthday it is today. So happy birthday, Joe Willock. Him coming back, I think we've got a really, really strong squad. But yeah. Speaking of the squad, looks like we're going to be making another signing or another signing is incoming and is imminent. But we will talk about that right after this short break. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything. From which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome back, guys. Talk of the Tune podcast here. Yes, as we were saying before the break, a new signing is imminent. So I think the rumours, God, it's such a fuzzy one if you read all the reports. Is it a loan? Is it a permanent? Who the fuck knows? But we have one of the brightest talents in England, uh, certainly one of the best up-and-coming English fullbacks in the league, joining us imminently in Lewis Hall. Hodgie, excited about this signing? Yeah, for sure. I've seen him play last season for Chelsea and I was kind of drawn to him being like, look, this kid's got some talent. I think he's a similar kind of ilk to Anderson where he just goes, don't care who you are, I'm just going to have a go. And that's what I like. There's there's a little bit of hunger in the young the young lads that are there at the minute. Like, yes, I'm good enough to play in the Premier League at a young age. Give a fuck. Who are you? Like, I will take it to you. And I've, I think that's going to be class and for him to potentially come in and, and really rival that spot for what has been Dan Burns for however long now, it's going to give us that little edge, something a little bit different. And I, I can't wait to see him in a black and white shirt, to be fair. Yeah, so it's, it's looking like it's pretty buttoned on. I think he was having his medical at the ground. I think he was actually at the City game yesterday as well. I saw a video on Twitter. 18 years old. Uh, he'll be turning 19 next month. Nine senior or Premier League appearances for Chelsea so far. Looks really dangerous going forward. What a squad we're building, though. You've got Tino Livramento on that right-hand side, one of the brightest fullbacks in the country as well. Young English talent came on, played right wing, which I thought was interesting. Bit of a surprise, wasn't it? Mm. It was a bit of a surprise, but again, you're not going to turf Kieran Trippier out of that right-back spot anytime soon, are you? But 
Yeah, Lewis Hall looks like he's coming in. And as I say, I can't really get my head around the, the structuring of the deal. Obviously, there's all this noise about financial fair play. And, you know, we've not got any more money to spend because obviously we've invested heavily in Harvey Barnes, in Tonali, and in someone else who I've just forgotten. Livermento. Help me out. Livermento. Literally just fucking said his name there. <laughs> Christ. There's concerns that obviously we're in danger of encroaching on financial fair play. So there was rumours that it was like a loan with an obligation to buy. But then I'm also seeing rumours that it's a twenty-eight million pound deal. I think Keith Downey was saying yesterday it's a twenty-eight million pound deal with seven million pound in added bonuses, which are actually unlikely. So if Keith Downey, who's usually reliable, is anyone to believe, it's looking like it's going to be a twenty-eight million pound signing for Lewis Hall. Gray, what are your thoughts on the impending signing of Lewis Hall? I just kind of know what everyone's going to be saying and saying, "Ah, oh, twenty-eight million quid plus however much add-on." is a huge amount of money for an 18, 19-year-old who may be relatively unproven. But if you look at some of the managers who have been at Chelsea, I mean, I think Lampard and Potter both earmarked the kid to be an absolute world beater. And I think Potter was... You sound like Draco Marfoy from Harry Potter. Potter. <laughs> Potter. I'll, I'll call him Graham then. <laughs> You'll meet Graham. Yeah, meet me, yeah, me and Graham go way back. You know. <laughs> so yeah, Graham Potter... I think said that like Chelsea really need to look after him and spend time nurturing him to play in the Premier League because he is going to be like the next best thing. So for us to pay 28 million probably seems a lot at this stage. But I mean, in three years time, we could have a serious player on our hands and it sounds like he already is like a serious player. And if he is just going to play with that freedom and that drive, which we we love to see from some of our, our younger prospects. I think we're building a really, really exciting team here. And I'm certainly really looking forward to seeing what we can do, especially having a proper left back in this side. It's going to be game changing. No offense, obviously, to, to Matt Target, who is a left back <laughs> as well. But yeah, it's different league, isn't it? Like it's it's a crazy one because is 28 million quid really that much this day and age you'd argue maybe for the age yes but when Chelsea have just gone and fucking spunked 115 million quid on Moises Caicedo from Brighton you've got Declan Rice joining for 105 million like the same price you've got Jude Bellingham going to fucking Real Madrid this transfer market is just so totally out of whack now and I think people like Chelsea have completely destroyed transfers certainly in the short term by just massively overinflating prices and Fucking good on Brighton for getting that amount of money. Like it's ridiculous the money they've sucked out of Chelsea over the last couple of years. But yeah, I think one thing to note about Lewis Hall as well, he's actually a Newcastle United fan, which is brilliant. Apparently, his dad and I think his uncle are, are from the northeast, from Newcastle. So we're bringing him home, and I think he will be in a great place. How seems to like bringing in and developing younger players. And it just seems like, from what Howe said as well, he really likes him. He says he's super versatile and he's probably going to be able to play like an inverted full-back position, which I think what we're probably going to be looking for with, with Trippier on that other side as well. Hodgson? Yeah, I like the way that we're moving into this forward-thinking kind of role now. I mean, in the past we've been like, oh, we'll get this player in because he's 20-something. He's played for a while. Let's get him in and try and sell him off. We've got Lewis Hall potentially coming in. It also signed that Cathal Heffernan from uh, Ace oh, yes, the I young Irish lad. Yeah, Apparently he's meant to be a, a big old talent. And, um, I, I just like the way that we're looking for the future as well. We've got some sort of like ideology of how we want to work. And it, it's exciting to see that we're actually planning for the future rather than just living in the moment and trying to 
run this club season by season. It's like a right, okay, how how do we now kick on? I mean, Botman's still young and what a talent we've got there. Building a, a defence around him and obviously Lewis Hall, you've got Livermento coming in like young and you're thinking, right, we've got a plan. We're, we're not going to bring people in for two, three years. We're bringing in people who are going to be here for eight, ten. There's a there's a direction that I like what we're going for now and it, it, it's class to see. Yeah, it's very bright and we're definitely building for the future. And all these players we've got as well, huge resale value, you'd think. You know, the average age, you've, you've got like Sandro's coming, he's 23. I think Harvey Barnes is 25. Tino Livramento is 21, I think. It will be here this year. Then you've got Lewis Hall coming in 18 years old. So what a project we're building. As you say, it's not just focusing on that first team. For the first time ever, we're really investing into our academy and making sure we've got some of the brightest talents. We seem to have a big focus on young Irish talents at the minute. I don't know if you noticed, like that centre-half you just mentioned, Hodge. I think we're after another kid called Kevin Zeffy or something, who's also a young Irish lad, brought in Alex Murphy. The influence of Dan Ashworth is is really clear and there to be seen. The only problem is now we've got to start shifting some more fucking players out. We need to get rid of a few. Because I think I was just working out there, if Lewis Hall comes in for 28 million quid, and you include the Yankuba Mintes signing for six million. That's 162 million quid we've splashed in this transfer window alone. You've got like 23 million quid for ASM, 15 million for Chris Wood, and then 400 grand for Carl Darlow. We're going to need to start shifting some of that fucking dead wood sooner rather than later. Who's number one on the list for you? Jeff Hendrick. It's on a massive well, wage because we brought him in. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. <laughs> we brought him in as a free agent, didn't we? So he'd be on a massive wage. He's got to go. He has to go sooner rather than later. I'm trying to think who else. Uh, we've already Fraser. got rid of yeah, Fraser as well. Yeah, sorry, I, I completely forgot about him. 40 grand a week. He's up there as well. Sad to see Hayden go, but he will have to go mm. because he just doesn't fit the project. So I think the priorities would be Hayden, Hendrick, and Fraser. I think combined, the three of them are like on 130 or 140 grand a week, which I think I worked out yesterday was something ridiculous, like 8 million quid a year. Yeah, ridiculous. We just need to start shifting some of the deadwood because we are going to be in danger of financial fair play. However, it seems like from next season that won't be an issue. Another great segue from Willie B. <laughs> we saw on Twitter yesterday, obviously we are Newcastle United, the Amazon documentary on at the minute, seemingly accidentally released episode three and four prematurely. And if you don't want any spoilers, obviously uh, you can, well, don't turn us off. Continue to Meet listen. Us. Maybe just turn the volume down or something. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, yeah. Don't be bastards. Just keep it going. You know what I mean? Uh, but they seemingly leaked the, the third and fourth episodes, which announced that as of, I think, next year, we will have signed up Adidas as our official shirt manufacturer in what seems like it's going to be a deal in the hundreds of millions over the next few years. Surely that's something to be excited about, Gray. Massively. I think I joked yesterday saying I really hope Stella rebrand to a blue star. <laughs> yeah. I, you, you just look back at iconic photos in Newcastle, like Shearer celebrating, like Tino Espriel, David Genoa, all these players wearing a black and white Adidas strip. And it's just that little bit of nostalgia that's the one yeah just that bit of nostalgia and just hope they bring back some classic designs i know castor have been trying their best to bring back some more retro looking shirts but yeah super excited adidas have just spent a huge amount of money 
sponsoring Man United as well. I think that deal was close to a billion pounds for seven or eight years. Ridiculous. So, I mean, if we've got a fraction of that, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's only a really, really positive thing with the club. In the documentary, they bang on about commercial revenue and we've brought in new members of backroom staff to help with that. And clearly, this is a huge deal to push us in the right direction and to try and free up a bit more funds for us to, yeah, splash a bit more cash, even though we're splashing plenty at the minute. It's really going to take us to the next level and unlock God knows how much spending. Let's just hope we're in the Champions League again next year. And we have the additional revenue from that to push some as well. I don't think Castor have been that bad a, a manufacturer. I think some of their designs have been really good. I really like the current home away and third kit. I think I'm planning on getting all three of them this year. I've got the home one. Just need to decide which of the, the second and third I want to get next. But I was doing well. I know, right? <laughs> well, you know, you've got, you've got birthdays and Christmases. How are you? Come on. <laughs> I don't think they've been that bad in terms of their designs. I think they've been knocked quite a bit for their quality, but their design and certainly in my eyes has been quite. As well. Well, that's always going to be the case. I think that's maybe irregardless of, of the manufacturer. I think the club and the, the manufacturer will set that price. I don't think that's going to come down from 70 quid anytime soon. But Hodge, what are your thoughts on the Adidas deal? Last time we were signed with Adidas was 1985. And then we were with them for 15 years before Puma came along. And all they needed Puma to do... Puma were shite, weren't they? <laughs> I mean, there, there was one or two okay ones, but majority was interesting, I would say. Yeah. But I think all they need to do is bring back that burgundy training jumper oh yeah put that on sale yes. and the whole of the north will <laughs> buy that fucking shirt and yeah. it will sort us for any transfers we want to do Mbappe for 250 million nee bother <laughs> yeah. we've got the money from from selling jumpers from the jumpers <laughs> totally jumpers um, and I think like oh, it, it, it's good because it's, it's bringing that like that's the it feels like the final link to the puzzle of like our good times were under Adias like what is to come what is next like bringing this classic partnership back is is class and like you say like i, I hope seller <laughs> rebrand themselves into a blue star because fuck me imagine how much would sell in terms of kits if that was a thing Whew, different man i was skeptical as to whether it was a leak or it was you know something organized by that because look at the hype it's whipped up already yeah, someone's been sacked there was a there was a young 18 year old they went can you just schedule the um the the show for next Friday? No oh, problem. Fuck. Send <laughs> shit. <laughs> There's loads of rumours, weren't there, about there being this big announcement at the end of the series? And yeah, I mean that's clearly it. Someone's dropped a clanger. Do you see yeah. they, they they Adidas managed to turn around though, like within an hour, get something that was a bit like their logo and it was black and white and it had the date below on like a wall. Yeah, I like and it that. was like them being like, Yeah, it's it's coming, don't you worry. <laughs> I think it's crazy. I mean, I think they've probably sold fucking thousands of shirts before they've even released them. You know what I mean? There'll people, there'll be people absolutely flooding the club shop on on the release day think already, it, though, just I've because met, it's Adidas. But think about it. Look, I've I haven't bought a, a top in ages. I bought one last season. I bought one this season, and I will be buying one next season. Do you know what I mean? Like, do you know what? I was thinking the exact same thing yesterday when I was putting it on. I was like, fucking hell! I've bought two shirts in a row. Like, and I got mm. the Castor black one last season as well, but. I couldn't think of the last time I'd bought a shirt before that. Uh, many, many Not years. Not in Ashley's time. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. no. I think I've probably only bought two tops in my Ashley's time. But having that Adidas back on the shirt will be class. Yes. That with hopefully Champions League next year will be, imagine, oh, feels. Proper <laughs> club now. Proper fucking club. I didn't actually have a chance to catch the two episodes while they were live, but I'm looking forward to, to seeing that one come out. 
Right, I think we should probably start winding up now. Uh, last thing to do is predictions for the Liverpool game. So we are playing Liverpool next at home. Hopefully some redemption last year from Nick Pope's sending off. And I think they beat us 2-0, didn't they, on the day? But we'll be playing them on Sunday, the 27th of August at half four. So last thing we've got to do is get our collective predictions like so. Hodge, let's go to you first. What do you think for the Liverpool game? It's my dog's birthday. I hope he's going to give us some luck on the day. And I think 2-1-2 Newcastle United. 2-1 Newcastle United. All the best to Aussie. Gray? I'm trying my best not to go for a ridiculous one again. (laughs) (laughs) I think it should just be a a theme throughout this season. I'm currently frantically trying to find the odds for the scores, (laughs) correct scores. Here we go. Got to go with your, your heart, not your head. I mean, I think Salah seems to always pop up with a goal against us. Liverpool again, probably in a bit of a transition phase, rebuilding after a poor season last year. So, you know what? Why not go for... Go on. We, we scored five goals last time we were at home. I mean, I think Liverpool will score one and, yeah, we'll score four. Four one to Newcastle. Yeah, going to bounce back with a bang. Okay? At least with Gray's, yeah. At least with Gray's predictions, the payouts are likely to be massive. So he only needs to get one. Yeah, I'm also married in. to a Liverpool fan, so I need to like hope it comes true. Because is she really a Liverpool fan though? Uh, she's a bit of a yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. It's like every other Liverpool fan. <laughs> it's a bit more about them than City fans, so let's be real. True. Yeah, and definitely more about them than fucking Man United fans. Fucking, uh, <laughs> loving seeing the fucking misery they're in, getting smacked yesterday by Tottenham. Right, what am I going to say? I'm just going to go. I'm not going to funny around like Gray. I'm going to say 2 0 to Newcastle United. It's the reverse of the score last year, so we're going to beat them 2 0, I reckon. So let's place our bets and see how we get on. All that's left to do now is to say thank you all very much for listening, and we will catch you in the next one. See you later. Bye. Bye. Harvey Barnes. <laughs> the Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.